Hi, it's Nick here. If you're a fan of my work, then I know you either like tarot, horror films, or both. My latest project is a tarot deck inspired by Italian Gothic horror films of the 60s and 70s. Referred to as giallo films, their movie posters were known for their dramatic and bold graphic design choices. I'm bringing that same aesthetic to a new Rider Waite style tarot deck that I call Tarocchi Gialli, where each card is lovingly crafted to look like a film poster from the era. It's launching on Kickstarter February 19th. To learn more about the project, follow me on Instagram at ChainAssembly or visit www.chainassembly.com. Today I am joined by another incredible painter, uh, the wonderful R.F. Pangborn. Um, R.F., I don't remember how you came across uh, my desk, or I guess your posts came across, how I came across, that's better. I don't know how I came across your art, but years ago I bought a piece from you. Um, it was a, I still have it hanging up, it's an oil painting on board, as most of yours are, and it's like a woman no it's there's a lot of blue and red explosiony stuff and an eyeball somewhere in the middle and it's awesome <laughs> it sounds about right <laughs> sounds about yeah. right hey thanks so, for the uh, great intro man oh no problem so so i think i first came across your stuff because you used to live in saint pete um right. i don't think you did a lot of events but maybe you somehow showed up as like a in a local artist group or something so what starting off um thanks for being on the podcast and what was your relationship oh, with saint pete while you were here uh do you know or are you associated with jen chanley at all jen uh, bar 548 so i know there's a lot of art stuff that happens at bar 548 i've just somehow never made it there <laughs> yeah uh so i i uh, i was at a couple of events there uh thanks to jen uh, jen was really awesome getting me involved and i had one show at a bar there and really not that much else uh but uh like i said it was a pretty vibrant uh, art scene in uh, st pete Compared to where I am now, it's it's just uh, woods around here, pretty much. So where'd you move to from St. Pete? I uh, thought you were still I'm, here. Yeah, yeah, I'm up in northern Georgia now. Okay, okay. So um, like right next to uh, Chattanooga, I guess. Yeah. So actually, um, uh, someone who had on the podcast recently, maybe you knew him while he lived in St. Pete. He moved up to Chattanooga. Is um, oh nice, uh, Bobby Rydell. If you're familiar with his stuff, he we're, does a we're lot probably of friends on Facebook or something, though. Yeah. <laughs> so he does a lot of fantasy art and he did. He lived in um, nice. um, he does uh, oil paintings and watercolors, fantasy stuff. Uh, he lived in St. Pete for a few years, but um, a few months ago, moved up to Chattanooga. So I guess uh, <laughs> you and he both. I'm sure there's an art scene there somewhere. I just I, ha yeah. I haven't ventured out enough, uh, you know, to, to really figure out what's going on. So like just from the little bit I always like followed on you followed you on Facebook and Instagram you didn't seem like the most uh physically social person like you didn't go to a lot of oh, events yeah. right or did right, you Right yeah yeah I'm very I'm very shy uh very private okay. uh stereotypical uh guy uh, like we we talked about before this podcast I get a lot of anxiety okay. over these things Sure um but uh, <laughs> I do try to uh, force myself uh, into the uh, fire so to speak uh, just like yeah. I showed up today it's it's got to be done uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't do events that often. Well, it's, 
I don't know if this was like a persona you were trying to build out or something like this, but um, this is my first time seeing your face. And I just assumed you were like a guy in his 70s, maybe. <laughs> close, <laughs> close. Yeah. I'm getting there, okay. though. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, so let's uh, let's start off by talking a bit about um, your transition from uh being like commission heavy to finding your own style and now deciding like maybe not now but years ago deciding that this is all you're gonna do so tell me about that story uh, i guess it's kind of a natural progression um i i saw um what inspired me to start doing the oil paintings a guy named jed leakness uh rest in peace he's passed away but uh, he was putting up uh, youtube speed painting videos and making horror pictures pretty much. And then I saw that he was making a living doing that. I was kind of really inspired by that. He was also a speed painter. He did things really quick. And um, top-notch work. I mean, he's well-known in the in the dark art community. Um, and so I said, you know what? I've been a doodler all my life. Uh, sketching and drawing. Uh, I took maybe some rudimentary art classes when I was in, you know, I was like 10, 11 years old. It didn't last very long. But um, I kind of forgot about that aspect of things for a while. I'd been working uh, full-time, uh, just manual labor jobs for a long time. And people in my family were really getting on my case. You know, you, your, your art, what are you doing with your art? You know, you're wasting your, your gift or whatever. And it really started to weigh on me. And I was like, you know, and the job too was weighing on me too because I'm getting up there in years. And I got a hernia, you know, it's all, how's this going to wind up? Is I'm going to be a washed up older guy who can't lift heavy things anymore, uh, no pension plan. So I was like, let's, uh, let's look into this painting uh, business. And um, I did uh, some practicing and catching up and reading books about the old masters and all that stuff, uh, watching a, a, a ton of uh, YouTube videos. You know, that's something that uh, was not a resource when I was younger, man. People don't know how much they have it made with those YouTube videos today. You can learn anything uh, for free. Um, and uh, it got to the point eventually where uh, I was doing um, <clears throat> horror movie uh, fan art and also pet portraiture. I'll tell you, you can make a lot of money doing pet portraits, man. It's, it's always there. Um, and it got to the point eventually where uh, it was kind of conflicting with my, my job's pay a little bit. It was, it was getting, getting up there. And uh, so luckily enough, uh, I was able to kind of parlay myself over to part-time. And my wife and I, my wife's very supportive, thank God. Um, and she's like, see if this works. And if you can keep up that flow of income, then maybe think about just quitting that job, you know? So it was a couple of years of part-time uh, going back and forth. Uh, and um, I actually, uh, somewhere in there, I started horsing around with abstraction and I started kind of looking into the, <clears throat> maybe like the, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to be pretentious to say deeper aspects of art, but I was kind of looking at myself a little bit. Like, why am I doing this? Who am I? Uh, what can I do to, to show myself a little bit? And so I started kind of creating a little bit uh, the precursor to the art that you see now and people were buying that too. And it's like, Holy crap, man, I can make what I want and people will buy that. So I kind of put, you know, it was a gradual thing. It was a little bit of that, a lot of request pieces and stuff like that. But eventually it kind of just went over to me just painting what I wanted to every day. And I was like, okay, the, the, the commission stuff is always there. You know, you can fall back on that stuff, but right now I don't have to, it's, it's fine. So that's, that's a very, um, optimistic i guess um a kind of goal that a lot of artists want to try and emulate like you you've done it you're proof that it works um 
that you know if you're if you're really good at something and you do it really well people will follow you along that journey so i i, I think, applaud uh, you for everything you've you know made it to this position the the people who will follow your art uh, the hardest and the most loyal buyers and so forth um the, are people who are uh interested in your in seeing you kind of grow and seeing you express yourself sooner or later you got to step out of the uh, you got to step into the spotlight so to speak and you got to show yourself. And uh, that was really hard for me to do. And uh, it, it's easy to, to copy a picture of something and no one knows about you and you don't, you're not exploring yourself. It's more like a technical exercise and you can get by on that. But I wanted to get into, into you know, uh, kind of the therapy aspects and stuff like that. And um, that's when it kind of took on all the, all the uh, heavy stuff. And um, I noticed then that um, the following kind of grew um, there was more people who were like regular buyers and stuff like that. Like people are interested in your, in your journey, I guess, or they, they, uh, connect with you and, and what you're putting out there. And so this very personal kind of connection. And I've had some buyers who've been buying from me, buying this kind of art, uh, for, for years and, uh, and, um, saw me through the pandemic, man, when things were really tough. Uh, a couple of people were, 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 uh, very, uh, uh, consistent, um, in their support. And I, th and I think that's cause we, kind of made that connection uh, through the art. Well, th that's actually a good thing I want to point out is because, so I I'm in um, a necessary backstory. I'm in a group called the Tampa Bay Society of Photographic Artists. And nice. one of the topics we were discussing last night in our monthly meeting is how to show um, what the photographer is feeling in the image right. that you're taking. And it could be as simple as just like looking up at your subject versus looking down at your subject. And I want to touch back on what you said earlier about how you could just be copying something and you're not going to be seeing the artist in that. You'll just be seeing the subject. And that also kind of relates too to in the conversation we were having with the photographers was um, one of the people at the meeting had went to a gallery to see uh, photos of celebrities by a photographer they liked. And they noticed that they were not able to enjoy the photos because they were just looking at the celebrity in the photo. Right. Right. And it is something that I definitely see in your work is that there is a desire to learn about the artist who created that piece, because even though it's a portrait, there is so much abstraction and violence and danger and terror in that portrait it's, all, it's always interesting to hear the interpretations it's uh, it's great <laughs> but I, no but well what i'm saying is it, because it's not a portrait it's not something that is like oh that is pinhead that is leatherface yeah, yeah. it 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 just it makes the viewer want to learn more about this guy why he painted that and what his other paintings look like too so it's it's definitely a way that you have been able to market yourself without taking photos of you in front of the painting on Instagram. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've, I've put any pictures of myself <laughs> on the, the entire time. Um, uh, so, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I have no qualms with uh, fan art. You know, certainly you can, mm -hmm. you can have a style where people may see a celebrity or, you know, horror icon or whatever, but they know it's you uh, because of your particular style, your flair, your strokes, the, they can see the movement or they see the personality in there. Uh, so, I mean, you can, you can achieve that, 
but uh, I just uh, I felt that I I, don't, I was on kind of like a a little bit of a journey myself, and um, I I found the the more therapeutic uh, abstraction and so forth and all that stuff be a little more uh, cathartic for me, and I was getting really good benefits from this uh people ask me all the time man how do you you must have nightmares and stuff like that i'm like no actually after making one of these paintings i sleep like a baby it's all it's all done it's all out and i feel great and uh, that that's i guess they call that that's what they call therapy art uh you, you work mm -hmm. some things out and you figure some things out about yourself um you have to confront them on the on the on the panel there um but it was a, a or, organic kind of process uh, i would say that uh you know certainly if you're doing if you're doing uh, commission work and and um, and um, copying images and so forth, you know, you can make a pretty good living at that. And uh, don't be worried that uh, you know I don't have a style or uh, I'm not you know that's going to come eventually. Uh, do do a couple hundred paintings and suddenly you'll see you're doing things different from everybody else. You you kind of you kind of fall in the step with yourself. Um, and then uh, from there, see see what else is going on. Uh, try just a blank piece of paper and make something happen there. Don't copy anything and see what comes out of you. Uh, you, you might be surprised. So let's actually talk, since this is primarily an audio podcast, let's talk a bit about the art sure. itself. So um, pretty much everything you do is oil painting on board. Is that right? Uh, it was a lot of oil painting in the beginning because I, I was hung up on the uh, people don't respect uh, acrylics and uh, oil mm -hmm. painting is uh, the premier, you know, uh, format medium. Um, and since then, I've gained a lot of respect for a lot of different mediums. Uh, I, I, I like working in acrylic now more than I do oil, believe it or not. And uh, mm. I have more control over acrylic. Acrylic, I think, has proved itself uh, in its time now. It's, it's a worthy uh, medium. It, mm -hmm. it's, it's lasting, has integrity and uh, archival integrity, which a lot of people were worried about. And uh, I, it's just as legit. It, it, it can look just as good. If you want to get the look of oils with acrylic, you can. I prefer the, the matte look of acrylics, the flat kind of black and white stuff right now. Um, and I also just discovered charcoal, man. Charcoal's amazing. And I was so afraid of the messiness of charcoal for years, but uh, I got to this point where it was time to try something new and charcoal's awesome. So, I mean, just uh, like I, I, I'm not as close-minded as I used to be. And I would urge everyone to, to really uh, value the art. Don't think so much about that medium. Don't get hung up on that stuff. So that uh, that being said, let's talk a bit about like I'm gonna throw some artist's name out there that I think uh, probably I, I forgot anybody. You. Uh, forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So um, I want to throw some artist's names out there. Uh, let me know if that resonates with you as someone who you see similarly in your work, and then feel free to rebuff with some of your own artist names. Um, Jenny Seville is the first one that comes to mind. Um, she, are these fam familiar? famous people? I should know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, Jenny Seville. I've been getting. I, okay. Oh, good. I'm sorry. <laughs> she does lots of photos of like um, people who've been in injuries, lots of like scars, and also uh, uh, autopsy scenes. Uh, but, transgressive art. <laughs> yeah, but with very uh, fat strokes, very thick paint. Um, what about uh, Lucian Freud? Would that uh, uh, be... I know that name. Okay. I know that name. Okay. 
my 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 uh it's kind of embarrassing i have some old time life art books here with like a lot of old master stuff in there i know goya de la crow uh, oh yeah i definitely know, see goya in there too yeah the, the classics but the, the new people i do i don't know them by rote and uh, i'll go on pinterest once, once in a while and i'll see something you know that's awesome and i'll try to remember who did that uh and it's hard for me i don't i don't pay as much attention to that academic side as i do it's just I'm, I'm busy in the studio and uh, I, I try some, I don't know who said it. They, they, the advice from this artist was try to create in a vacuum, which is impossible. Mm. You're going to be influenced yeah. constantly, but mm -hmm. the less hung up I get on someone else's style and stuff like that, then probably the less I am apt to try to copy them, which is something I want to try to avoid. Uh, I get a, a ton of people started telling me, uh, you know, this is, uh, this reminds me of Francis Bacon and, uh, you, you know, you must be a fan of bacon. I didn't, no, I knew there was a Francis Bacon out there, but it took me going after that and going and watching a documentary uh, to understand what he was all about and what, all that art that he did, that the, 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 the dark uh, expressionism uh, and, and, and the deconstructive portraits and stuff like that. And that was fascinating. And uh, I, I got kind of scared. He's a daunting <laughs> figure. And I was like, if I watch too much of this, I'm going to get caught up in it. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm already being compared to people who exist and I, I i i wish i could get away from that i wish i'd get away from it but probably there's nothing new under the sun with art it's just new things being combined but um yeah i try to i try to stay away from getting uh, obsessed with other people's work and it's uh sure. i don't i don't I, yeah i don't want to be uh, i don't want to start uh, unconsciously forging uh, styles <laughs> and stuff well then let's talk a bit about the subject matter because you're generally doing portraits right um are yeah, you still, yeah. Are you, so you're branching out with the materials. Are you branching out with the subject matter? Or is it still all portraits? I recently uh, started getting into figurative. I love figurative. I just was, I was so afraid because uh, anatomy and all that stuff. But really, uh, somebody said just, uh, just paint what you see as quickly as you can. I don't know if it was Monet mm -hmm. or Monet. Uh, somebody said that in the past. And so I said, forget about, um, worrying about learning anatomy and I have anatomy books here and stuff like that. I barely look at them, mm -hmm. but uh, just copy what you see. And usually if you're, if you're loyal to like, if I, if I need to reference uh, a nude to add to the scene that I'm making or to, to, to take a pose from a photo, um, I just am loyal to the lighting there and the, uh, the form and it translates uh, in a way that everybody can recognize, Oh, that's, that's an arm. It's a leg. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you, you can, um, you can play with those two and you can abstract that, but uh, I, I'm, I'm liking figurative and it's hard to get off the portraiture thing because that's, that's what's mm -hmm. going on with me right now. But uh, I'd like to do more figurative stuff for sure. Mm. There's more of a story being told there. So I remember there was a, a while where you were posting some digital paintings and yep. um, that was during the pandemic, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was, uh, that came out of necessity. I, I have no problems with digital art. I have no problems mm -hmm. with it. Um, if you, um, you grab yourself a little uh, Wacom pad, uh, get a bamboo pad or whatever, uh, you are drawing and painting on your screen. Uh, the painting programs they have now are amazing. I use a cheap one called Art Rage, but it has thick oil paint. It has a palette knife. Mm -hmm. It has drippy paint. Uh, so you're able to emulate uh, all the surface textures, uh, charcoal on rough paper, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't see any real difference other than what you're creating is not a physical one-time-only uh, piece. It's something that you can make prints of. But uh, if you're not copying and pasting, if you're not uh, grabbing images and tracing over them and stuff like that, you're 
you're a painter, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, uh, I had a lot of fun exploring that and I made a, 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 some digital paintings during the pandemic because things were really slow and I wasn't wanting to invest in uh, a lot of materials and so forth. And I said, let's try to sell some prints. And uh, I learned a lot, man. I learned to respect uh, digital art a great deal. Yeah, we, we have a lot of, uh, I'm primarily a digital artist too. So we have a lot of digital artists on the podcast. Uh, but I did, that kind of segues into a question I wanted to ask you. Like, if I'm not mistaken, mo the majority of your art business income is selling originals, right? Yeah, so. I, I, I'm not even that enthused about selling prints. I want to sell affordable art that uh, I'm not saying like the average person has $300 to throw away on a whim, but like that it's not $1,700. It's not $5,000, whatever. Uh, you can own it. It's possible. And I'll accept payments. I'll take payments. It's fine. I want somebody to have something in their hands that they can feel the texture. They can look at it under different lighting and stuff like that and uh, put up on their wall. That's, that's, that's been my, uh, my goal through this whole thing. Accessible okay. artwork. Sure. And when it comes to uh, pricing your work, do you do it based on size? Do you consider how long it took to make yeah. that individual thing? Do you like oh. have set in in increasement? <laughs> do you have like a scheduled increase you do every year? Do you have any kind try. of for the pricing? <laughs> I try. I try. That's not easy. Uh, I try uh, incremental uh, every year because, you know, <laughs> My God, shipping's going up. Everything's gone up recently. Um, groceries, the whole nine yards. Paint is not doesn't get cheaper and stuff. And um, but I have created a system here uh, where uh, I work quickly, and so that no matter what the economic circumstances are, um, no matter the size of the painting or whatnot, the painting is finished. I start to finish, uh, and the same day it's done always. Uh, for the most part, uh, if I'm, I used to do layered oil paintings. I don't do layers anymore. I got, I have no patience for it. That's why I'm, I'm leaning towards acrylic mm -hmm. because I could freeze an effect with a fan uh, or a, a hairdryer and then move on a couple minutes later. Uh, and I like that immediacy because sometimes you start an oil painting, you're like, okay, it's going to be like seven or eight more layers. By the time you get around two weeks later to hit that oil painting again, I forgot what this was all about. I, where was the enthusiasm <laughs> for this? I, I don't know how this began. So um, I, I like to make art quickly, and that also allows me to uh, price in a reasonable way because um, they're happening every day. I have uh, my inventory, so it's not like, oh, you know, I sold this painting that took me months, uh, and now it's going to take me another couple months to make another one. Uh, that's just not, that's not how I operate. So they're just kind of coming off like sweat. So I'm able to keep my prices, you know, I, I raise them slowly year by year, but not like a... Uh, not so much to put people off. And uh, this also, um, it actually helps a lot of things when you, when you, when you work quickly, um, you start to, uh, you don't, uh, you're not married to everything where uh, if I, if I make a mistake halfway through the day, I started this tradition now where if I screw the painting up and it's 12 noon, I can do a charcoal piece and still get something mm. done like that. So uh, I'm not uh, devastated if I if I make mistakes like I used to be and stuff. It's uh, you could start again, get things done, um, and uh, also I'm not butthurt. Like uh, there was a couple of times where you might have seen on Facebook uh, things were slow. I started doing um, make me an offer uh, during the pandemic. I was doing tons of auctions, and somebody who is a, a mentor of mine said, "Look, you're going to do these auctions." Be ready to let things go for $5 if that's what happens at the end of the night. 
And I swear to God, uh, it, it was we never came to five dollars, but yeah, something sold really uh, good value. Okay, and that did not hurt my feelings. I let it go because tomorrow I'll make another one. It's fine. Um, I'll, and I'm very comfortable with the system. Uh, it uh, it also um, if I keep my prices reasonable. I'm not sitting on, let's say, like uh, we created uh, one piece, took me two weeks to do. Uh, I'm asking so much for it. It's going to take a month or two to sell, maybe six months. I'm painting it around for years. But uh, if I'm creating things quickly and selling them at a reasonable price, I can actually make a weekly income. Uh, if things aren't like really bad, like after the holidays and stuff, things get a little slow and stuff like that. But uh, sales can be pretty regular if you're willing to let things go at a reasonable price. And that's what that's kind of the sweet spot I found is is, is having that good inventory, uh, be willing to let it go. I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not the kind of guy that's like, oh, this is my greatest piece. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to replicate that. Every day is different. Every day something gets done, and I, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not banking on that one piece. You know, uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's 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 gonna be. I see myself doing this forever. So let's let's get into some of the logistics here. Uh, do you do you price your oil? paintings differently than your acrylics because of the time no uh, i some people will probably say i should but to me it's the same amount of work goes into it uh it's the same process i wake up in the morning i come in here and punch in at the end of the day it's done whether it's oil or acrylic it's done and uh, the only uh, pricing differences i make uh, would be like uh, i do a piece on paper will be cheaper than a piece on uh Stretch canvas. Stretch canvas is going to cost me more to ship. Um, right. the, the supplies are more expensive and so forth. Uh, so I will, I will upcharge on that. Okay. And um, so is aside from, I guess, that um, variable, is size the biggest factor in determining the price for you? Yeah, I like that uh, that you you can ask me uh, my prices and I'll tell you eight by ten is this much, uh, nine by twelve mm -hmm. is this much. It doesn't matter what you buy. So if you if if it's eleven by fourteen on stretch canvas, okay, it's going to be a little extra or whatever. But uh, they're pretty consistent. It's like walking into McDonald's or whatever. <laughs> get the number one, get the number two. Uh, so I don't know. It, it it works for me. So do you try and have your output match your? input that's not a good way to ask that like do you say okay i sold x amount of pieces last week that means i need to replace them by doing x amount of paintings do you track what you sell and use it as a factor into what you paint or what you um, if you come into the studio and you make a painting a day you make a drawing a day you create a piece of sculpture a day whatever you're doing um I just applied my day job stuff to the to the <laughs> studio. Uh, you come in, you punch in, you punch out. Um, it, you're going to accumulate a backlog no matter what. I mean, I think I, I fancy myself as I've sold everything I've made. You know, I've sold everything. But no, there's there's you can see behind me. There's paintings mm -hmm. here and stuff. There's there's still some inventory here. It's going to happen naturally. Uh, you're not going to sell five days a week every week. Uh, you know, there's going to be some slow times where these things will pile up a little bit. Uh, I I. Recently, I have a, a little more. I've been really productive, so I have a little more backlog now than I used to. When, when I first moved to Georgia, I probably had like 10, 12 pieces, you know, ready for a show or for sale. Um, and now I probably got like 20 to 30 uh, pieces here. Uh, so even like a, I get a, get the flu one week, mm -hmm. can't show up to the studio, whatever, um, I can just repost. Uh, there's some inventory here. Well, let's talk about that because you don't have a website, right? You do all your sales just through Instagram and Facebook. 
I tried the website thing and uh, <laughs> I just kept going back, checking day after day. There's no clicks, no no activity. Um, and I was paying for this too. So I don't know about the website thing. I don't know if that's even necessary anymore. Some people still do place a, a, a there's like an air of legitimacy about someone who has a website. But uh, I see a lot of people doing business right off Instagram, right off Facebook, uh, TikTok. Allegedly, people are doing really good on there too. And that's probably something I need to start getting into. But uh, yeah, I've had I've had consistent sales uh, first on Facebook. Uh, then we had a slow time on Facebook, and I I had an Instagram account that I kind of started and forgot about. Uh, and then I went back to it, and suddenly Instagram was blowing up for artists. Man, it was crazy. I got followers. I don't know how I got those followers on there, man. People ask me, uh, where did this come from? Did you pay for this? I don't know. It's Instagram, man. It's good. Um, yeah, you got like so twenty five thousand, I think. It's so like ninety. 97 yeah. it, it, it got crazy oh uh, shit. yeah you're at 98.7 thousand that's great yeah don't ask me how that happened bro i don't it's just, <laughs> i don't know uh i have yet to uh, pay for one of those uh send your pick to whatever page and i see myself probably doing that in the future it's, it's probably going to be beneficial but from what i heard a lot of that is uh, people will jump on and then they'll jump off so the followers i have now if they're organic that's that's a little better they're gonna they're gonna probably stick around a little longer not as fickle um but yeah instagram's been very kind to me recently and uh i i'm ready to investigate TikTok, but i'm doing pretty good on those two platforms uh surprisingly without a website so if someone wanted to go to you and say hey i want to buy a piece what do you have available right now is yeah, there yeah, a way to do that other minutes. than messaging you? Uh, you can scroll through uh, Instagram pretty easily. Just scroll and scroll. Everyone will be marked with the uh, the medium, size, price, and availability. I just put a big sold on there if it's sold. But, of course, uh, that's not convenient for everybody. And if it's not, I say just copy and paste the picture to me, and I'll let you know what's going on. And there's some customers who I'll take the time out for, and I'll just take look around the studio. What do I have? And try to amass all those photos. And send it to them. What the heck? Uh, you know, if it's a slow day or whatever, we got better to do. Try to make a sale. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's worth it for the extra effort because at least they're coming to you, ready to yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, they're interested, right? They're asking for it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, so I, I now kind of learned to have a folder, a separate folder of the available pieces there, so I could just kind of paste them over, drag them over to the uh, message. So let's say uh, we're looking at um, 2023 as a pie chart for RF Pangborn as an art business. Uh, selling originals via Facebook, Instagram, that's going to be like, what, 80% uh, of the income? Oh, uh, almost 100. I, I, I sold very few prints. Uh, 2023, 2024 is young yet, but 2023, maybe I sold like three prints, bro. Okay. And I get okay. a lot of people asking for prints. People ask for prints and and then don't commit to the print. And there's some people who are, are dying for something and uh, I'll go out and I'll make a print for them. It's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, print's not a, not a big part of the business. I was surprised. I thought prints were going to like blow up, uh, you know, and for the, you know, the, the, the price point that they'd be flying out here. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, what the dynamics are behind that. I haven't figured the print thing out maybe. So, I mean, I think part of it too is like, from looking at your pieces, we know the paint is thick as hell. So getting it as a print is just going to be something that might like yeah, disappoint you every time you look at it. Yeah. yeah. 
And there, like, there's people charging uh, the same amount I charge for an original for a print. Just you can buy buy an original, you know, uh, and and enjoy it. Uh, that's what I really want. You know, like you said, I appreciate that texture and uh, mm -hmm. enjoy having having that thing in your possession. It's, it's just a great feeling. So I'm also seeing uh, on your Instagram, you have this piece that um, has, uh, I believe it's a band logo, the Monastit, Monastil on it. Yeah, uh, the monastic. Oh, there you go. It's a German, German, uh, I don't know what you okay. call them, hardcore or metal nowadays. I'm getting up there, bro. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not really heavy on that scene, but they, they, I get a lot of requests for the artwork and stuff. So there's okay. a couple of bands that have some, um, some artwork out there and I appreciate those guys. They, they've been, uh, sending me t-shirts and albums and stuff like that. And, uh, it does me a lot of good. And, um, I, at one time was, uh, dabbling in music and uh and i would have loved to have some artists you know uh, uh have some artwork to uh, put on those album covers or something and uh i like uh, i like i like that community they're so, they're just like music and and painters musicians same thing where a lot of us are working from home trying to blow things up so what percentage of that pie chart would you say is from licensing of your existing not work? much <laughs> less than less than five percent this is something new okay. that, that's been happening over the past like two years yeah. uh, and it's not a lot it's not a lot um and that's not something you'd want to like focus on is like making money off the of pieces you've already finished there there's uh there's a lot that goes on where uh there's some lesser known maybe diy um folks excuse me Mm -hmm. amateur bands and uh, i do allow usage of artwork for free on occasion that's my mm -hmm. way of paying forward to whatever art community i can and um helping people along with their projects and then there's some bigger names that have come to me and stuff and they want they want to pay and it's fine and they they want uh, uh, uh licensing i don't do a lot of exclusivity uh not right now i, I probably should mm -hmm. um but uh it's kind of new to me and uh really uh my I'm making money with the sales of the artwork. I don't mind uh, contributing a little bit uh, without making money once in a while. I think that's, for me, that's fine. A lot of people say I'm, I'm nuts or whatever, but uh, uh, it's not like uh, someone's uh, gone out there like Led Zeppelin and the legendary bands making millions of dollars off t-shirts with my art on it. No, it's just somebody's trying to push their first album out and have something cool on the cover and uh, get things started and i'm you know i'm happy to help with that that's pretty cool uh, but I, I haven't considered it as as a part of the business uh yet um i probably should though i probably should look into it are you ready to paint your own canvas in the real estate world as a homeowner it's leslie haas from realty one group sunshine and i'm here to talk home equity your masterpiece in the housing market imagine owning a piece of property that's not just a place to call yours but also an investment opportunity it's time to take that brush and start creating equity in your dream home. With interest rates on the verge of dropping, get ahead of the curve and secure your artistic haven before the next rush. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or upgrading your studio, let's sketch out your home ownership dreams together. To learn more, visit tampabayhomesforsale.realestate. Well, let's then talk about the archiving. Like, how do you keep records of the paintings you've made? Uh, at the end of the day, I try to snap a good picture. Uh, I try to get decent resolution. I'll go into uh, GIMP or Photoshop and I'll, I'll clean it up and, and boost it up a little bit. And um, that's about it. And then I'll throw the title on it, throw it in a folder. 
Um, and that's another thing with prints is that uh, I don't always have the best photos. Uh, so mm -hmm. not all of them will stand up to a print. Some, some do, and that's great. I'll sell the heck out of those or whatever. But uh, some of them, I'm like, I'm sorry, this, this picture is just not <laughs> up to snuff. <laughs> and uh, my wife uh, takes great pictures too. I don't know why I don't I just have her uh, take the pictures for me. I don't know. I, I got to get my act together. I mean, I guess the, because your output is so high, it's like you don't, they're not so precious, I guess you could say. Um, maybe, maybe they should be. Maybe they should be. Maybe I'm not being smart. Uh, I'm operating at a very low level here. Uh, my main, I'm not in this to be, you know, famous and, and rich. It was never my intention. My intention was to get out of my day job before I fell apart and then was thrown cast aside with no retirement. Uh, so I'm, like, I'm getting up there. I'm, I'm in my early 50s now, and this has kind of been like a semi-retirement for me. And uh, this is something I, as long as my my hands and my fingers are functional, or I could paint with my mouth, put a paintbrush in my mouth, I'll always be able to make paintings and hopefully always be able to sell them. And this could be a comfortable old age for me. And that's really all I wanted out of this, um, was to be able to have some, you know, uh, leave the day job, have some income and then uh, parlay this into a nice retirement, uh, interesting retirement. So with that in mind, um, let's talk a bit about the consistency you have with posting on social media, because every now and then you'll post huh. some old stuff. Do you do that because right. you don't have anything to share that day or Sometimes, you just yeah. want to share? Okay. Uh, I, uh, someone was on a podcast and they were like, look, don't be afraid to repost. Uh, we're all afraid to repost because we think the, our audience doesn't see fresh paintings every day, new stuff every day. They're going to jet. Now, it's not the case. A lot of the people might have joined recently, might have started following you recently. You didn't see all your old stuff. There's so many people who haven't seen that uh, or there's people who enjoy seeing it again or whatever. So uh, reposting should be part of your regular schedule. I mean, even if you're not so much because you don't have anything else to post that day, but it, it should be just a, something you kind of throw into the mix uh, weekly or monthly. Um, I'll put up like uh, just a throw a piece of that's already sold. It doesn't matter. Just like, hey, this is from back in the day. And that'll get a bunch of hits. It's still activity. It's still interaction. It's still comments and likes. Um, it may bring in new followers. Who knows? Um, people see how your style has changed. Uh, and then there's the kind of repost that's like, hey, these are still available. These are from a couple months ago. They're still around. And that's something you have to do. You just can't uh, you can't just post new stuff every day. You gotta you gotta uh, recycle some of that inventory. You gotta get gotta get that out there. So do you try to post once a day? Or every day? Uh, I don't. I I I ideally, yes. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but ideally, yes. Uh, uh, the the situation is on weekends usually you don't see me a part of the part of the deal with uh quitting the day job is i always worked weekends and my wife is like look if you're gonna work from home i want to see you on the weekends and uh so and also uh just for your own mental health uh whether it's a weekend or whether it's one day a week i don't know whatever you can afford to do get off of social media for a little bit and just you know, kind of pay attention to things around you and don't worry about the likes and the follows and the comments and just kind of like you know, uh, take a break, take a break. I, I find that's been really beneficial uh, for me and I can, I can get back into things and, and uh, a little fresher when I come back. I know a lot of people can't afford to do that. And that if that's your situation and you got to hustle that artwork uh, seven days a week, okay, do it somewhere during the course of your day, shut all your, shut your shit off, shut your Facebook off and, and your Instagram, 
and just go chill with your friends, you know, do, read a book. <laughs> just, uh, it can be very stressful uh, to get wrapped up in all this 24-7. And I was there too. And um, it stings a little bit. You see numbers drop in and uh, it's, it's not always your fault. It's algorithm. You know, you, you may not have changed your uh, methods, but the algorithm shot you down that day. And you're like, man, nobody cares about my art today. <laughs> you can't take that stuff to heart 24-7. You know, not, not the healthiest thing in the world. So when you do your posting, is it from your phone or do you use like the meta business suite so you can schedule things ahead of time? Do you double uh, post to Facebook and Instagram at the same time? What does that look like? I have a, a kind of consistent regimen is I'll finish the painting, set it up under some lighting, try to get a decent photo, clean the photo up, uh, you know, cut out all the background and stuff like that and get it, get it decent looking. And then uh, you've got to be... Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's a whole, there's a little bit that goes into this. And I have a, some people who are getting started and they ask me, man, uh, I post a picture of my artwork and no, I don't get any likes. I don't get any comments and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, are you just like, uh, okay, you, you finished the painting for the day. You took a picture, you, you slammed it on Facebook and then walked away. <laughs> so, you know, you, you could do that. I don't think you're going to get very far that way. You need to spend some time here. Um, so at the end of the day, you got to put like an hour aside um, when you're finished painting uh, get the, get your title going. What, you know, for me, the title takes time too sometimes. Um, and, uh, then, uh, it's a process of, uh, posting on Instagram, but also going to the Instagram, uh, whole home feed, um, uh, liking other, your peers, artwork, scroll through, see what other people are doing, uh, make so, some supportive comments out there. Cause there's people just like you who need that stuff every day and you can contribute mm -hmm. to that. We're, we're a community. Uh, and that kind of stuff goes a long way. And uh, that also stimulates the algorithm because you're you're interacting and stuff. Uh, so just don't go slamming a picture on there. Uh, and if you're on Facebook, you've got to not just post on your homepage. Don't just put it up on your Facebook page. So your personal page. And here it is. Uh, go to like 20 different groups um, and post and post and post and post. Don't copy and paste. Make an original post for each page. If you copy and paste, it's a share. Nobody sees shares. They go right down a drain. You'll get two looks. Um, take the take the picture, post it, copy and paste the uh, description on there if you have to, uh, and then go on Facebook and scroll the home feed. Who are your peers out there? Who are your friends? What are they doing? Hey, that's that's a fire piece. You know, support, support, support. Um, reply. If people say something, don't just, oh, you know, somebody liked it. Okay, great. Go back and say, thank you. Uh, throw a heart next to that comment, you know, uh, be involved in this stuff. So that for me has been a uh, part of the success of the platforms I'm on is uh, don't post and ghost and be, be involved with, with your people. That's answer your DMs. Don't, you know, when someone's you <laughs> yeah. get a, you get a DM request from some strange person saying, Hey, I just started painting, man. You know, answer them back. Take You got time. If you, if you don't have time, okay. You're super busy. I understand. Uh, but when you find the time, go back and, and maybe give somebody some advice or, or just, you know, interact with the people. That's great advice. And well, related to that, I see you also use a lot of hashtags, too. Do you find that have you ever tried experimenting by posting without hashtags to see if it adjusts the numbers or anything like that? Um, I uh, I don't know where I heard that It was another podcast. Someone was saying, yeah. throw some hashtags up, but not too many. I don't know what's too many, but uh, 
if um, if there's a hot uh, word, if someone's going to type in expressionistic portrait or they're going to type in dark art and you're going to pop up somewhere on there, why not? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you're, you're exposing yourself to more people. It's, it takes five seconds to copy and paste all your hashtags, depending on the medium. I have hashtags for acrylic. I have hashtags for oil. And uh, mm. I'll, I'll modify them a little bit depending on the subject of the painting sometimes. But yeah, I think hashtags help a lot. I haven't used them on Facebook at all, and maybe I should. I tried it for a little bit. I didn't see a big difference. But on Instagram, I think it definitely makes a difference. Mm. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I, I don't post on Instagram nearly as much as I should, but I've got a tarot project that I'm going to be launching soon, so I really ought to get some shit scheduled for that. I got all these cards. It'd be great stuff to share as a lead up to it. Sure. Anyways, <laughs> think about it. No one, no one is charging us a dime for this stuff. Yeah. Um, the the way I see it is, I, I, I focus on the social media platforms that I use, and I'm rarely ever on Instagram anymore. But I spend a lot. What are your, what are your, what are your, what are your platforms of choice? TikTok, huh? And TikTok uh, TikTok's and primarily uh, a short, uh, like vignettes, videos. So as far as like me being a consumer, I love just like opening up TikTok and seeing what's going on. I like the people I follow. There's people who I follow a lot of creators who do like uh, uh, weird abandoned places in Florida or like Disney sure. history stuff. And then a lot of artists showing like <laughs> um, like their speed paints or whatever, or like showing yeah. off their techniques and things like that. So, so a TikTok lot of allows you stuff. to. So allow you to post uh, edited videos. It doesn't. It's not necessarily yeah. like a live. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do live, but I I always just scroll past live. I don't care about live. The live stuff on TikTok is usually um, people trying to sell a product, like infomercial style, which <laughs> <Okay>. is very <laughs> weird. <laughs> but um, so, like for example, one thing I'm going to do with this podcast, and I do with all of them, is this platform I'm using, Riverside. It's going to uh, transcribe everything. It's going to look for what the AI thinks is the most interesting parts. And then it's going to do an edit of the video based on that. Oh, wow. And it'll create um, 10 different options all about a minute long. And it reformats your video above my video and puts the uh, text transcription on screen. Wow. And then I could just instantly upload that to TikTok. And I get some engagement with those because I know when I'm scrolling through TikTok, if I see someone having a conversation even if it is a clip from a podcast i get excited i want to hear the rest of what they're going to talk about right and i right. have noticed that did that has brought some more ears to the podcast and so <laughs> yeah in that regard badass. tiktok's worked well but one thing that i've noticed recently that's just very frustrating is if i'm trying to run an ad on facebook and instagram if the ad is going on facebook i'm not able unless there's a way to do it i can't figure it out on the ads manager I can't send people to an external link anymore. I can only send them to a page on Kickstarter. I mean, sorry, a page on Facebook. Right. So like the options it gives me is like message me on Facebook or call my WhatsApp or <laughs> uh, go to my page or just have them look at the ad. Like those are like all my options. But if I run right, an ad right. on Instagram, I can send them to an external link. Yeah, so, yeah. Facebook's uh, becoming a little bit of a dinosaur, uh, is, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. Like, even though they're owned by the same company, it's so weird. Like, it just seems so, so, so much more useless to run an ad on Facebook. But there's probably just an option somewhere in the interface that I just can't find. 
So I'll just keep running uh, the ads maybe, on Instagram, which I don't actually. I, I think you've got things pretty well figured out. Uh, it seems like you're, you're doing well on the platforms you're on. And, and uh, uh, Facebook was great for me at one time. It's not so great now. Instagram is kind of like taking over that. And and I'm even, I'm way behind. Dude. I, I should be on TikTok. <laughs> I should have been on TikTok a long time ago. And that's, that's going to be my next challenge uh, as an old man. Get on TikTok and get some speed painting videos out there, something. Uh, because uh, social media comes and goes, man. Where's MySpace? You're gonna post art on MySpace now? You're gonna blow up on there? <laughs> it's done, right? So it, this is gonna happen to everything. So I'm always on the lookout. Someone was trying to get me into Threads. You know about Threads? I I have this a is... Threads account. I never post on it, but I was never on yeah. Twitter either. So right, I tried I tried Twitter for a little bit, and Twitter's I got some some likes and stuff, but no one uh, asking to buy anything on there. I don't know. I tried LinkedIn for a little bit. Um, so, uh, I think, uh, TikTok, I'd better get into it. And, um, you know, uh, it doesn't hurt if you have the time to be on as many platforms as you can, what can you, you know, how much yeah. time do you have? It's, it's all going to help. Um, but definitely, uh, marrying a social media platform and willing to die on that hill, man, that's not good. You gotta, you gotta kind of keep up with things. That's, that's I'm, I'm telling myself that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so like one thing I've noticed too, on TikTok that, uh, tends to work better is not just like a speed paint video but a, a video that's like three seconds of footage every 15 minutes kind of a thing okay so it's like okay. it's edited down super quickly and Short that's and kind of more tedious to put together because with the time lapse you could just set up the camera and tell it to take a shot every now and then but right right yeah um, throw some music on it uh, try to try to edit it in, in an interesting interesting mm -hmm. way and yeah, yeah. Uh, even my patience is going down for stuff and scrolling videos and stuff like that if things don't get started right away i just i scroll to the next thing man and, and i'm i'm an mm -hmm. old fart dude young people probably have less patience for that stuff so yeah um a few seconds of something interesting uh it's it's probably your best bet so did you you mentioned how facebook isn't working as well for you anymore so do you still give the same amount of energy to posting on Facebook that you yes, give to Instagram? Because out of nowhere, I'll get a sale there. And that's, uh, there's still sales going on there. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to participate. Uh, when, if that dies completely, um, okay, it's probably time to kill it. But uh, even if it's just slow and I move on to Instagram and TikTok, why not keep it? Like I said, if I can afford the, the, the couple of minutes uh, to go on there and post and so forth, um, then why not? Uh, again, it's free. It's free. Uh, and, um, you're just exposing yourself to more people, even if it's 10 people, who cares? Uh, imagine, uh, trying to be an artist in the seventies and the sixties and so forth, where it's like, wow, who do I have to know to get this painting shown and who's going to see it? Uh, you know, it's such an amazing opportunity we have now. Um, anyone can get on there and, uh, be exposed to the world. So, I don't mind uh, being on the old dinosaur platform there as long as it's still given back. Uh, when that stops, I'll devote my time to something else. So what about uh, packing and shipping? What's been your history with like delivering the actual product? Um, don't sit on those paintings forever. When they're dry and they're ready to go, ship them out. Uh, be mindful of your customers. Don't, don't, uh, you can be frugal with your packing, but pack as though you're, 
packing something really important. Pack as though you're sending a gift to a friend. You send uh, something to your mom for Mother's Day. You know, put some love into it. Um, now I'm probably the most professional at, at packing uh, than I've ever been. I have uh, supplies. It's another another cost. You know, you're you're gonna have to pay for some consistent size boxes, a little back stock of that stuff, plastic wrap, bubble wrap. Uh, I use a lot of newspaper too, uh, but uh, you. Uh, you know, I started out going in uh, the dumpster at work and trying to find the uh, appropriate size box, cut it down to size with a box cutter and find some old styrofoam and throw it in there. But I always made sure the painting was protected and that it was neatly done to the best of my ability. Um, you know, uh, put some care into it, no matter what you're doing. And then later, if you can afford to go to like packaging price or something and get yourself those, uh, the boxes, and the tape and the uh, I think uh, my biggest expenditure here is parchment paper, good parchment paper too, because I tried wax paper and that stuck to a painting one time and ruined my ruined my day, ruined a customer's day. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, invest a little bit of money in those supplies. Uh, if you can invest the money, uh, put some love into crafting that packaging, man. Make it neat uh, and don't don't somebody buys a painting on Friday if it's a drawing and it's done. Be ready to ship that out that day or or have it out Saturday, have it out Monday. Be be quick with that stuff. People appreciate that. Um, you know, you order something off Amazon now. How frustrating is that? Where it's like they didn't ship it yet. You know, it's, it's been there two weeks. <laughs> and I've heard horror stories like people ordered from this guy and he's it's been a year now and I haven't seen my painting. No, no, no. You're ruining you're ruining your reputation. Don't do that. Be be. Um, like, how would you, you ordered something, you paid good money for something, you're going to want to see that show up as fast as possible. And uh, with some of the, uh, even now I'm able to subscribe to a uh, postal postage service, in-home postage service, where I get a little discounted rates on my postage now. So now I can provide priority uh, shipping for my customers. It's uh, just a step above the the ground mail, which gets kicked around and stuff. Priority is a little more care taken. It gets there faster. And... Um, since I'm getting a reduced price on it, now I can guarantee everybody gets, if you're in the United States, you get that priority ship. I'm going to deliver on that and make sure you get it quick. So one thing uh, that I've noticed has really worked well for me when I'm bringing like framed pieces to an art show or oh, something. the heavy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's obnoxious how heavy they can be. But um, since oh, I yeah. do all digital, like I'm printing things, putting them in glass frames and hanging them. Oh, that glass. Yeah, like a pop-up. <laughs> oh. so, but one thing I've, I've noticed has worked well for me as far as moving them is uh, I bought on Amazon this big pack of uh, foldable uh, corners for the pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I fold them up, snap them onto the corners, and then I wrap it up with, uh, like, it's got two big handles on it, like a rolling pin, but it's like cellophane plastic. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So that has worked really well for like keeping things safe when I'm moving them long distances or I don't want them rattling around. Just having the corners protected and wrapping the whole thing in cellophane. That way yeah. I could also stack multiple of them together and wrap that whole pile in cellophane. That's brave. <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> well, I mean, I got the corners in there, so they're not touching, but that helps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shipping to uh, to galleries and stuff like that. It's going to cost a little more. You know this, dude. You, you slap that frame yeah. on there. You're adding pounds to that package. You know, you send a piece yeah. of paper to someone. It's, you know, less than a pound. You send that framed picture. You're, you're talking, you know, I don't know where you'd be shipping to can go up to 100 bucks to ship something. Um, but, um, that's another thing too, is that, uh, if, if, if someone, uh, makes a proposition, uh, they want you to do a gallery show or whatnot is, uh, be ready to put a couple of bucks aside for that and show up because those things are really important. And yeah, get a nice frame, 
And uh, yeah, a lot of times too on these, you have to pay for the return shipping. Uh, but for me, it's uh, it's a rare opportunity to 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 be physically present somewhere other than my basement, uh, where you can go see that art, man. It's important. So uh, I try to take every opportunity um, to to put out the little extra uh, cost to do that. It's worth it. Well, let's bring up the uh, gallery side. Like, do you do any events, uh, like markets, not markets, but like uh, art fairs or gallery shows? I haven't done any art fairs. Uh, it's, it's, it's people always like, oh, you should get a table and whatnot. And uh, I haven't tried that yet. And that's another, it's more additional uh, cost uh, to rent that space. And, uh, and I don't have a setup. Um, you probably want to have a nice setup when you go there. Uh, and also, um, I don't see, I don't know if there's a lot of that going on around here. There was in Florida. There wasn't in, uh, in Tampa, especially. Um, but uh, I do try to show up to every show that someone asked me uh, to show up to. I'll, uh, there's no reason to say no. Uh, so that I, I will be there with bells on. Anyone that wants me to send a piece out to a show, if it's in Canada, uh, if it's in Europe, I don't care. Uh, that's an opportunity for me to step out and... Um, and have and have someone actually instead of looking at it on a computer screen, they, you know, they can look up uh, up close uh, as though you're in a museum or whatever. You can go up to the painting and and uh, and see what it's really all about. And um, it doesn't always equate to a sale, but it equates to something. And it's definitely uh, it should be on your radar. Don't say no to shows, never. All right. So w one last question I want to ask you is. Do you ever get bored with your style? And if so, is there anything you do to try and like rediscover the love for it? Yes. I think we all get into this uh, rut where we're like, what the hell am I doing? And it's another melty face, whatever, you know, <laughs> you have those days, but uh, the greatest uh, tool that I have found was to switch mediums, switch your medium uh, you made like, you'll notice I'll make like three acrylic pieces. Then there'll be some oil pieces. Then there'll be some charcoal. Uh, if I, I found in the past, if I stuck to the same thing for a long time, I kind of got in this weird space of, uh, I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, even, um, try a new medium, try mixed media, try just anything, throw everything at the panel, uh, that day. And uh, something different will happen. Um, we get trapped into using the same techniques. When you switch mediums, you're forced to do something completely different. And um, that can, that can uh, put you in a new place. And uh, also you have a new, uh, you have something else you can uh, run to uh, when, when, when you get to that dead end. Uh, now I have, uh, I, have, I have charcoal, acrylic, and, um, and oil. I'm never really bored, man. I can, I can switch it up any day of the week and get inspired again. And, um, uh, when I was painting cleanly, uh, what helped was changing the styles, try, uh, abstraction, um, try improvisation, uh, improvisational art, um, make a mess. That's, that's what keeps me going is, is, uh, not having a plan for the day, showing up, so that blank piece of paper, that blank canvas, I don't have a plan. I have to trust this process uh, to kind of see itself through. And that starts a lot of times by making random marks, throwing shit at the canvas, uh, and something uh, will emerge from that. If I try too hard to come up with a game plan for the day and I say, oh, what am I going to do? What do I want to say today? Uh, it takes up a lot of time. It's a lot of uh, mental effort that's not necessary 
from from my perspective. And uh, you're kind of boxing yourself in. Um, if I start a painting and it's a portrait, uh, someone facing a certain way, doing a certain thing, I'm not married to that. If that starts to go south on me, time to scrape, time to uh, make some marks. Let's go in different directions. Just listen to that paint. Uh, if you if you if you have this mindset of um, you're able to create something, destroy it, and create it again, you you don't you don't get stuck in that one spot. You just Break the pattern and uh, start fresh. You have some time. You have a couple hours. You can you can knock something out. Um, and so this process for me has kept art very exciting and very fresh. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited every day when I come in. Say what's going to happen today. I don't even know if it's going to be oil or you know what have you. Uh, it's kind of it's chaotic, but you have to trust the you have to trust the chaos. It's just sort of always always comes through if you just you get going on it, something's going to come out of it. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of past that part of being, uh, getting stuck in the rut and being bored and stuff like that. Um, I even took, uh, I was, a, I was in a hopeless place, uh, with the oil paintings and I, I started to take, uh, newspaper and wads of, uh, paper towel and glue them to the canvas to, with Elmer's glue and, and, uh, gesso and just make forms on the canvas and then splash some paint on it and see, oh, it starts to look like a face. It starts to look like something. Uh, do something different. Um, don't be afraid to try, bust out with some pencils, start sketching, take a ballpoint pen, try to make a piece that way. Challenge yourself with different mediums. I think it's the best advice. So I, I also think that's great advice. Um, I, so like as an illustrator, I don't really have my own style. I, every project I do, I try and do a completely different style. So that always keeps nice. me excited. Like I'll yeah, try to challenging. Like, oh, yeah. like this time I'm going to try and do like uh, the uh, um, like French 1960s comic book style. <laughs> or this time right. I'm going to try and do some like uh, oil uh, or some alcohol ink style. So it's always fun changing it up. Uh, so if you think about like where your art business would be five years from now, and you're just looking at your plans for it, is it just continuing on with what's working for you? Or do you think uh, like you'll kind of branch out on different products or like maybe have a book or do you think that's all going to be people who approach you with ideas? It's not going to be something. Probably no, knowing my personality. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I do uh, kind of get into a habitual kind of first, uh, way of doing things business-wise. Um, and then, you know, someone may come out of the woodwork and approach me with something. Um, certainly, uh, my only real ambition here is to just make a humble living. And I think um, that that's kind of a challenge in and of itself to keep that consistently going. Um, but uh, I, I'm hoping to, I mean, it took this long to amass this many followers and to get the regular sales and stuff like that. And I'm just hoping that uh, with consistency, with maybe like we were talking about getting on some different platforms and stuff like that, that I can just widen my audience. And mm. uh, if I can continue to sell, that's like magic to me, dude. If I can continue to sell artwork um, till the day I die and, um, you know, uh, keep myself alive doing artwork, uh, that to me is enough. I'm not looking for like big things. I'm not looking to be the next so-and-so, so-and-so with the coffee table book, whatever. That, that's great if that happens. But uh, I just want to be able to make a living with art. And uh, I want to see where the art goes more than anything, too. I mean, I want to see like 
from where I started out, what I was doing when I started to where I am now, where am I going to be? What's the art going to look like in 10 years? What's it going to look like when I'm all creating like, like Titian at like 90 years old or whatever, where am I going to be? Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting stuff, man. And uh, if I'm still able to sell that, I consider that kind of a, it's a blessing. It's like magic. It's like, um, how am I turning a piece of paper or a, a, a canvas panel into money? And that's, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> if I could just keep doing that, that's, that's pretty awesome. So is it's there a, it's anyone... a, it's a humble, it's a humble vision. I, you know, no, I know what you mean. Like it's it, when I'm at a market and someone's like, Oh my God, I love this. Here's a hundred bucks. I'm like, wow, I just converted my time into cash. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's an addictive feeling. With, so, with your hands it's like a it's it's like a cabinet maker or somebody i don't know it's like it's so satisfying uh, to create something where there wasn't something there before and then someone buys it on top of that it's just i don't know it's still blowing my mind so whether on person or, or on purpose or by accident is there anyone whom you've modeled your business model after uh, my greatest, uh, uh, two people have been very helpful to me. Uh, Chet Zar has been very helpful. Uh, Chet's a very approachable guy. He's a, he's a good dude. Uh, his, he's trying to bolster the uh, dark art community in the art world and its presence. And he's a big part of that. And, uh, he's, uh, he created the dark art society, um, collective on Facebook. And there's a lot of like-minded people trying to get this scene off the ground, um, he's been really instrumental and he's helped me along the way and uh, definitely gave me a lot of exposure. And uh, another fella who's out there, you can look him up on Instagram, YouTube. He's all over the place. His name is Jose Trujillo. Uh, he's a very prolific and successful artist who is ready to give advice at the drop of a hat. Um, and he has helped me in my productivity and, um, and my, my attitude uh, about showing up and, and being consistent, uh, you know, uh, and productive. That's, that guy's been really helpful. Um, check him out if you get a chance. He doesn't make a dark art. He paints really uh, nice stuff, but his attitude, his work ethic is amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm taking. And I did not have a work ethic before regarding art. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check both of those out. And then, so if any of our listeners want to follow you, uh, you are at Instagram.com/slash PangbornRF. That's P-A-N-G-B-O-R-N-R-F. Right. And on Facebook. Yeah. You are um, facebook.com slash rf dot pangborn. P A N G B O R N. Yeah. yeah. Well, Perfect. RF, thank, thank you so much for uh, talking to me about your art, your process, your journey. Dude, thanks Is for there, having uh, me. Any, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people starting out, uh, I hear this all the time. Uh, they're they're um, discouraged right away on social media. You didn't, you didn't get the 10,000 followers overnight. Look, I, I started in 2013. I have a decent following. I'm making regular sales. It took years of back work and just being showing up constantly, even though there wasn't a lot coming back to me. Uh, don't expect this thing to happen overnight and don't give up and don't make a post. Uh, don't post about, Oh, no one's buying my artwork. No, people don't want to hear that stuff, man. Don't defeat yourself. Uh, be in it for the long term. Uh, believe uh, that, you know, trust the process that in the end, you're going to get that following and stuff, man. But if you give up right away, too many people give up too soon. Uh, I see a lot of young people doing this, man. You're just giving your slot to someone else. Uh, someone's going to come right in there. 
you will cease to exist and someone will take all that uh, prosperity and success away from you. It, it's yours if you're willing to hang in there. It's not uh, so much your talent or your style. It's, um, it's your persistence. Awesome. Great, great final words to end on. So again, RF, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate thank your you. time. I hope you have a wonderful day. Likewise. You too. Take care, man. Art for Profit's Sake is recorded through Riverside FM, distributed through Spotify for Podcasters, and edited on Adobe Audition. The music is provided by Old Romans. If you learned anything useful or found this podcast helpful, please rate and review us five stars. If you want to learn more about me or my art, head over to chainassembly.com. Are you tired of riding an emotional roller coaster every month? As a woman, I get it. The Women's Wheel is here to be your emotional anchor. Understand your cycle and discover the archetypes that resonate with your unique and dynamic emotional landscape. Together, let's find balance, strength, and a sense of ease through the changes. Head to womenswheel.co to start your journey of self-discovery and emotional empowerment today.